Okay, the Bashavayetzeh. I want to start by looking at the story of Yaakov Zedekov, without a doubt. I would like to start off by talking about the story of Yaakov running away from the house of Lovon. Yaakov running away from the house of Lovon. It's a curious story. And it starts in Paragraphon Alice Tasukyutta. Right, you see that? The Lavan Halakhla Gizoz Etsano. So Yaakov Lovon went to do something, to shear the sheep wherever it is that you do that, but he kind of left the stage. And the second part of the process is a kind of a non sequitur, which is that Vatignov Rachel. This is hard to believe. No one ever calls. And now I've added to Mispar Hasum. You think it's the Prime Minister? Hello. You know, it's, it's snoring on the phone. I don't even know what it's for. I'm going to a record. Would you give money to a record? <laughs> okay, let's start over again. Lavan disappeared. Right? And he went to shear the sheep, and this is probably also an important thing. And the second part of the pasuk says, Okay, Rashi, you see Rashi's below. In other words, this allowed Yaakov to kind of escape to get a three-day head start on, on Lavan. The second thing Rashi says is, Vatignov Rachel et ha-trafim. Lafrish et ha-via me-avoda azara nitkavna. So Rashi, of course, brings us into this problem. What do you mean, Rachel was, uh, she stole things? There's like this kind of question about whether you could steal for a good cause. Can you steal trafil for a good cause? So the good cause was uh, absolutely impossible to understand, according to Rashi, because Rashi says, So that would be uh, like understandable if trafil were not replaceable. But trafil, I would think, are replaceable. We all know that terach, terach, uh, Avram's father sold idols. I mean, so there was a kind of a turnover. Like little kids would come into the house and break the idols. And you got to buy new ones. <laughs> so what exactly Rachel thought she was accomplishing by stealing the trafim is not made clear to us in the Torah. And that's really the problem that we have. Now we can compound that problem by the fact that under the Jesus Shmot Perikas Pasuk Yudgimel, somehow that's the wrong Pasuk. It's the next Pasuk, which in the Aseret Adibrot says, Lotignov. Lotignov is one of the Aseret Adibrot, do not steal. 
Lokignov. It's translated by Unculus. It's translated by Unculus as Unculus the Aramaic translation. It's translated by Unculus in Shmot, as Lokignov. In other words, the Hebrew word Tignov and the Aramaic word Tignov are the same. Uh, the translation into Aramaic of the word Tignov is Tignov. Okay, I hope this is not too complicated. However, if you look at our Pasuk, which says, uh, which says, Tignov Rachel et Atrafim Hashem Aviha, what is the what is the targum say? You see, Unkulus. When it's Sibat Rachel, Yatzelamaya de la Avuha. You see that when it's Sibat, the Sibat means she took him, she took them. The Yatzelamaya de la Avuha, the Tzlamim, the idols that belong to her father. That's what the um, that's what the Ogul says. So it kind of seems like a little odd. If there's a simple word in Aramaic for lignov, why should Ogulus use a different word, which doesn't mean lignov? It just means to take. Now, if you look, there's another pasuk. We'll skip uh, the pasuk uh, Lamed Bet. You see the last pasuk in the in the section here. So the Torah says again that Rachel stole them. She stole the Trophim. Right? There was this kind of conversation, and there's the conversation of Obam and Yaakov. Yaakov didn't know anything about this. But there's no doubt the Torah says that Rachel stole the Trophim. What does Ogulus say? You see, Ogulus, the last part of the Ogulus, it's right there. Yaakov didn't know that she took them. Again, Ungulus avoids using the obvious word tignov, which is the correct word to use in Aramaic. There's like something like, you know, if you learn Ungulus, which is also a possibility, you say, what's going on here? Why did Ungulus say tignov? Why did Ungulus say lakach? Become tignov. Because the Torah says that she stole them. So you can say, okay, Ogulus wants to mitigate this somehow. Ogulus wants us to think that it was not so bad. It's not regular Geneva. If it's not regular Geneva, then what is it? What did she do? Rachel, according to Ogulus. Well, we'll leave this question aside and go back to the Psukim. The Psukim say, Pesukah, Pesukah, and Yaakov now, he's stealing. Everybody's stealing here. First Rachel steals the Trophim. Then Yaakov, but he knows at Lev Lavan Arami, I'll believe in Loki Bereachu. What is what he knows? 
What, what exactly did Yaakov take note of? I mean, take note is a bad word. Rahul got out. Why didn't he tell Laban? Because they told Laban he wasn't letting go. Or he was worried that he wasn't letting go. That's called that take note. All the rights was on the side of Yaakov. Yaakov had been there for a long time. He'd worked and he hadn't gotten paid. And, they, and, and now he left. He snuck out. That's called Vatignov at Wave Lavan. Vatignov at, at, at Wave Lavan sounds like something really bad. He didn't do anything bad. He snuck out. He snuck out because he was worried that Lavan would, would stop him, would do something. And look what Lavan did. He ran after him for days and he caught him and somehow he was going to do him. He was going to do him in. It's only that Kodesh Bokhul intervened. To stop over. So that's, that's hard to understand what this Pasuk is talking about. Pasuk of Aleph. Vayivrachu v'kol ha-shemo v'yakum v'yavot e'naha v'yasem et panav ha-gil'ad. So this is, uh, this is uh, kind of where we are going. We're going to ha-gil'ad. We're going in the direction of Syria. We're going in the direction of the, of the Golan Heights. Three days later, where's Lavan? Lavan is shearing the sheep. He's sometimes out in the field, right? They had like a trip with tents and he was out there. And then three days later, he found out. So it took Lavan seven days. Yaakov had a three-day head start. And after four more days, or no, it took us after seven more days, that's 11, but seven, eight, nine, ten altogether, Lavan caught up with Yaakov. Be careful. Don't, uh, don't bother Yaakov. Don't talk to him about good, don't talk to him about bad. By a saying, Lavant Yaakov. Yaakov taka to Allah Bahar. Lavant taka et achiv Bahar Gilad. So they all meet in this place that's called Gilad. Ha'ra Gilad. By a vol, Kim and Lavant Arami, the Chalom Halayla, Vayom and Oshim Elecha, Mikol Rajab, sorry. Pasuk Kavhei. Now we're up to each other. So here's Lavan. Lavan is a ta'ana. Lavan is a ta'ana against Yaakov. What is ta'ana? You could say, you took my sheep, you took my children, you took the liberty, but take no. Okay. The Lord got it on me. How come you left without telling me? This is conversation. I mean, love on, love on, there's no reason to think that love on is looking out for Yaakov's welfare. There's no reason to think that he ran after Yaakov for seven days in order to, like, wave goodbye. What do you mean? But to know, see, the Lord got it on me. So 
What could that possibly mean? We would have made a party. We'd have had a going away party. We'd have had some chashom mitzvah. You're going out in Haliyah. They would have brought in Nefesh for Nefesh. would have brought in a band. Everybody would have had a wonderful time. They'd be in some place in New Jersey singing and dancing. That somebody's going on Haliyah. Yaakov is going to Haliyah. So what is it that Lobov is annoyed about? What is he telling you? So that we have, again, the Torah tells us, the Torah tells us, Pasuk Kaf, Vayignov Yaakov et that the Torah tells us that. And that means that Yaakov Avino didn't tell Lavan that he was leaving. And we understand why he didn't tell that he was leaving. Then we have Pasuk Kaf Vav, Istignoti, Loigadatoi, and if you would have told me that you were leaving, we would have had a proper party. We would have gotten together with all the neighbors, all the friends, and all the musical instruments. The simcha u'b'shirim, the tofekino, the tofekino. That's what that's what uh, love one says. The love that Ashtani l'nashek l'zanai l'atay atay is kalta aso. Yesh la'el yadim aso di l'chemra l'alokei avichem. I could really make trouble for you, but God said, Don't talk to Yaakov about all of that. First, Mama Ganat said, We be. So we have to say either the trophim were very valuable or there's some other reason. As I said before, I can't understand why Lavan was so excited about the fact that Yaakov, that Yaakov, big Yaakov, like Yaakov Dantaraj, stole the trophim. For that, he had to chase after him for seven days and then go and look in each tent to find the trophy. He could have bought new trophy. What's the, what exactly is the issue that we are talking about? What is the issue that we're talking about? The answer the first question. The first question that Lovell said was about his daughters. How come he didn't let me say goodbye to my daughters? Such a good father. And uh, Yaakov says, well, I was afraid. I'd let you say goodbye to the daughters, so you might try to keep them. You might try to keep them here. As far as the second question, so Yaakov is a big shock. And he says, oh, if somebody stole your trophim, we'll punish him. And you'll get them back. Because he was sure that this hadn't happened. That the trophim were not stolen. Now this phrase, I find very uh, um, annoying. Fatignov et levavi. Where is Fatignov et levavi? Okay, I don't know yet. 
But you know that, you know that in the, uh, in the uh, halacha, in the halacha there's uh, something called Ginevat Da'at. Ginevat Da'at. And I'm not allowed to fool people. In fact, this halacha of Ginevat Da'at, this halacha of Ginevat Da'at is a halacha that applies to Jews and non-Jews alike. You're not allowed to go into a store I say, give the impression, give the shopkeeper the impression that you're going to buy something if you have no intention to buy it. Uh, if you go to the store, that doesn't mean that you'll buy it, right? I mean, there are all sorts of reasons for not buying. But if you really have no intention of buying at all, and just playing a little game, then that's called Geneva's Das. That's called Geneva's Das. Another form of Geneva's Das, which Moshe Feinstein uh, established, is well known is that you're not allowed to cheat on tests. You cheat on tests, that's called Geneva's Das. Because you want to give the impression that you are more uh, talented or more knowledgeable than you really are. And in that case, it doesn't matter if the Geneva's Das is Geneva's Das of a Jew or Geneva's Das of a non-Jew. So there's a halacha. There's a halacha called Geneva's Das. Now, Geneva's, again, as I said, Geneva's Das means fooling somebody about your intention, or fooling somebody about who you really are. Now, where does, where does that come from? Where does this halacha of Geneva's das come from? I mean, it's in the Rambam, the Chazdeos, it's in the Shukhanorach, but where's the, what's the source? So the source seems to be a Mishnah. In, in Sota, you see at the bottom of the first page here, there's a mission at the at Sota. Paragraph of Mishnah Chet. I'll just read quickly the first part. We're interested in the second part. But Shimshon, remember Shimshon? Shimshon Agibor, he was like a very strong guy who uh, had trouble keeping his hair in order and dealing with certain women. And so, but at the end, he turned out to be a big hero because he was able to, I guess, to push the column out, these, like here, these two pillars that held up a building in which there were a lot of Philistines. And so he redeemed himself by saving the Jewish people and dealing the Philistines this tremendous blow. I'm encapsulating the life of Shimshon Hagibor, but it's a much more interesting life. Shimshon's very interesting personality. But the Mishnah says, Shimshon Alachachar Enaf. He, he allowed his eyes to, to lead him. This Mishnah and the other Mishnayot nearby are about Midah Keneged Midah. And we see that this notion of Midah Keneged Midah Exists in the Torah, exists in the Nevi'im. Shemeimah, right? Vayochazuhu pulishtim, vayenakuratenas. It says in Sefirush that when the pulishtim caught him, they put out his eyes. They put out his eyes. And went to Avshalom. Remember Avshalom? Avshalom was the son of David Hamelech, and Avshalom decided that he should be the next king the king after his father. 
of course, he decided this while his father was alive and well, which is maybe not exactly the way you should do it. Uh, but that's Avshalom. That's, you have to remember that. So the Mishnah says, Avshalom nitka Avshalom thought he was a very beautiful fellow. Right in the matter of Yosef HaSadik, but Avshalom, it was, it's in the Pesuk, at the end, when the revolt of Avshalom failed, he ran away from the battleground on a donkey. And, he, and the donkey ran into a kind of a thicket. That's what they call it. Like a tree, grow bushes. And the, the donkey the got through somehow, and Avshalom got caught by his hair in the thicket. And he hung there. The donkey ran away. And he hung there in the tree. I don't know exactly how it is. I didn't see the movie, but that's what the Pesach says. The Pesach says, Avshalom So because he was that kind of person, that's the leader, connected leader. He had relations with the ten Pilak Shim, the concubines of his father. Right, whatever that word means. Uh, that they, uh, those who say that it's the Greek word for a sword, that he was stuck with a sword. Ten times. So ten. Ten pilak shot and ten swords. Okay, Shinema Vayasobu Asara Anashim Nosekle Yoav. Yoav was the uh, general for Dabra Melech. Now we're up to the part that interests us, especially. I mean, everything interests us. But here it says, Since Avshalom, Ganav Shlosha, remember, see, Ganav Shlosha Levavot? You see that? <laughs> he, he stole three hearts. Like, that's what it says in our parasha. Ganav Shlosha Levavot, Levaviv, Velev Beitin, Velev Yisrael. He stole his father's heart, the court's heart, and the people's heart. And so there's a pasuk in Shmuel that says, I'm sorry, Avshalom, at Lev Anshei Yisrael. Lev Anshei Yisrael. That's what it says in the pasuk. Lefikach. Now what we want to know is, what is it that he did? What is this Ganav Leiv Beit Din? What is Ganav Leiv Beit Din? So if you look at the, uh, at the Tukim, here I have it right here. Shmuel Bet Shmuel Bet I see the last Makor the last Makor the 
מסתייעים אחרי קיין. בריאת רוח שלום מרכבה וסוסים וחמישים איש יוצאים לפניו, right? You know, it's Avshalom, sort of declared itself king. So he made this chariot, and it had horses, and it had people running in front saying, here comes Avshalom, that's the kingly thing to do. Vishkim Avshalom, Ramad al Yad Derech Hashar, Vayikol Isha Shayyelo Riv Lavo Lamelech Lemishpat, ויקרא אבשלום אליו ויאמר, אי מזה יראתה, ויאמר חד שבטי ישראל עבדך עשו, ודן הוא אסטמלש שמסוף את השער, השער הוא הגייט של השער, הגייט של השער היה איפה הבייטין תמיד סט, ואיפה אנשים באו לבייטין, He would call to them, they would come and they'd say, hey, how are you doing, what's new, how are things back at home? which is a riot that you shouldn't always trust people who are friendly. So Avshalom was very friendly. He told everybody, you know, he talked to everybody who came in because he wanted, he wanted to be in charge of the judging. So then he says, Vayom Elav Avshalom, Reidevarecha tovim unechokhim v'shomea ein lecha me'et ha'melech. He says, seems to me that you are right. that you should, win the, you should win the case. But I know that nobody is going to pay attention to you. Nobody in the Beit HaMelech, where the, where the official court is. Vayomer Avshalom, Nisimeni Shofet HaAretz, Valai Avokol Ish, Asheg Elorim, Umishpat, Ve'et Taktiv. So this is like a method. How is Avshalom going to take over? By taking over the court system. And he says, I'll, I'll give you a better deal. Come to me. Be judged with me. And I'll, I'll, I'll surely find that you are right. That's what Avshalom, that's what Avshalom said. It's a part of the attack that Avshalom made on his father was that he tried to get people to come to him to adjudicate their, their business. So he did two things. He had his Merkava, this chariot with the horses, with the people running in front of it. And then he did this as well. Vaya bekrav ish nishtachavot lo, v'shalach et yado v'chzik lo v'nashak lo. So like he was friendly. He was like not only he had this Merkava, he had this, like this big limousine with the chauffeur, but he came out and he was very friendly to everybody. Now, look at this pasuk. ויעשם שלום הדבר הזה לכל ישראל. ואי בכל ישראל שיבואו למשפט אל המלך. וידנב אבשלום את לב אנשי ישראל. ואיסור אבשלום גנב את לב אנשי ישראל. הוא אנשי ישראל? זה פיפול, זה בייטין, מה שבמשנה סס. לב אביב. In other words, he must have told his father something. He told his father, look, I'm just telling you, I'll help you out. I tried to, I'll be like a kind of a judge for the overflow. I'll be in charge of the overflow cases. But at the end, secretly, he tried to get everybody to come there. So that's why he got naive, uh, shalom, and lave, and shay, Yisrael. You see it? You see it. Now, look at, back at the first, the, where is it? Uh, the one above, the second page, one above. 
haven't got the right. Uh, I'm sorry. This is the wrong half of the deceptor. But because I'll I'll uh, I'll tell you what the deceptor says. Uh, it's the same. It's the same thing. Perek Zion Gimel. That's right. But there's another part of the deceptor that's missing on the dot. I'm sorry. This has been a bad week. I mean, it was a good week, actually, but it's starting now to become a bad week. Huh? The deceptor says it's not to listen. It's not so hard. Shiva Ganavim Hain. There are seven different people that are called Ganavim. Are shown to the Quran? Gonev dat habriot. You see again? Gonev dat. Not gonev lev. Gonev dat. Right? And then the Tosefta says, The Lord Ella Shemahalila Rashiwaya Cholik Lov Data Elyona Yagonev. And not only that, but if it was possible to steal the mind of God, so to speak, like the full God. He was full God. Shekola gonev dad briot. Shekola gonev dad briot. Nikraganav. And then the Tosefta says, how do we know that? That gonev dad is kind of prohibited in the Torah. How do we know that? So it quotes this pasuk in Shmuel. But you see that the Tosefta is talking about, what is the Tosefta talking about? What is Gnevadat? Gnevadat is when you want somebody to think something about you that's wrong. Like what did Avshalom want? He wanted people to think he was a Dayan. He wanted people to think he was a Melech. That's called Gnevadat. But in the, in the Tanakh it's called Gnevad Leif. So you see that the Tosefta, without blinking, without even changing anything, the Tosefta changes Gnevad Leif to another concept, Gnevad Dat. And so, do you think there's a difference between Gnevad Leif and Gnevad Dat? <laughs> now we know, we know that there are three famous cases of important people lying in the Torah. Right? Of Gnevat Dat in the Torah. Let's see. Do we remember them? Gnevat Dat. Who's the Gnevat Dat? First one is... Sarah. Huh? Sarah. Sarah. Avinu with Sarah. Right? He said, tell everybody that you're my sister. Now that's Gnevat Dat if I ever heard it. Because she wasn't his sister. So that's Gnevadat. The second case of Gnevadat, Yaakov uh, did. Well, Yaakov said, it's me, I'm Aesop. That's Gnevadat 200%. What's the third case of Gnevadat? Uh, Gnevadat in the Tanakh, in the Torah, in the Torah, not Tanakh, is Moshe Rabbeinu. What did Moshe Rabbeinu say? We'll go for three days, and then we'll come back. But Moshe Rabbeinu obviously knew that they were not going to come back. They had no intention of coming back. So these are the three famous cases 
that we call, we would go to the Kinev Adat, but we don't call it the Kinev Adat. Why, do why don't we call it Kinev Adat? Why don't we call it Kinev Adat? Why do we call it Shalom Kinev Adat? The Gemara, the Tosefta says, how do you know that it's also to do Kinev Adat? How do we know? From Shalom. Right? Shalom, he did it. Why do we say Avram Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, because when, you, when you're doing the right thing, it's like called Gnei's not. Like, 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 you're not allowed to kill somebody, right? Yes, you're not allowed to kill somebody. So if you kill somebody, you have, to, you have to stand the punishment. But you are allowed to go to war, if the war is justified. And if you go to war, you probably kill somebody. But that's not called killing somebody, that's called war. So the same thing is true about Gnei's not. The name of Daz has to be done for, for an incorrect purpose. The, the, the result has to be counterindicated. So the Gemara, the Tzatzemta says, how do we know the name is Daz? How do we know the name is Daz? Avshalom. Why do we know it's Avshalom? Because Avshalom is doing something wrong. Avram Avinu, when he said, Achotiyat, what, what is, so apparently he did the right thing, even though we know that the Rabban, is skeptical about that. The Rabban is a matter of problem, but at least in the Torah it doesn't seem that Avram Avinu did anything wrong. The same thing is true about Yaakov Avinu, and the same thing is true about Moshe Rabbeinu. There's never a hint that they did something wrong that was either tactical or necessary or positive or pikoch nefesh, right? Whatever it is. That's not called, that's not called Gnevis Das. That's not called Gnevis Das. So it had to go to Avshalom, it had to go to Avshalom to prove that there's a source for Gnevis Das. So that leaves us with the question, that leaves us with the question, how come the Tanakh called it Gnevis Wave? Gnevis Halev? And Chazal called it Gnevis Das. Now everybody knows that this is the wave, right? And that this is the dot. And everybody knows that there's a difference between wave and dot. Dot means I want to affect your perception of things. I want to affect the way you think about things. I want to, I want you think that I'm a bad person. Oh no, I'm going to show you that I'm a sonic, that I'm really a bad person. Or the opposite. I want you, you don't think I know the material for the test? I'll show you that I can get a high mark on the test. So all of that is called that, the understanding. But the wave is something else. As the Balatanya says in the beginning of the, of the Tanya, what we call the Tanya, what he called Rikute Amarim, but the Balatanya says. And it's not the Balatanya, it comes from the it comes to you from the Arizal, that the wave is the place of Ava and Yira. In which when you say, when you say that standing before the Rebbeinah you have to have Ava and Yira in some kind of more commingled manner, right? It's hard to know where the Ava is and where the Yira is, but you know that in the, in the Kabbalah, there's Ava that brings you to Yira, that brings you to Ava, and Ava brings you to Yira, and Yira brings you to Ava. Until, until there's no way to distinguish which is which in standing before HaKadosh Baruch. 
So there's Avon Yira, the Avon Yira comes from the Leif. So that means that, that means that, what was it that Rachel and eventually Yaakov Avinu, what was it that they wanted to take? And what was it, what was it that, uh, um, that Lavan hypothetically was looking for? What they wanted to take was not the trust in. They wanted to take his heart, the connection that he had to idolatry. That's what they wanted to take. They didn't want to take the trafim. That doesn't make any sense, as we've pointed out. If you take the trafim, if you take the trafim, then there are the trafim. There are more trafim. There are endless numbers of trafim. But what was it that they wanted to take from Lavan? They wanted to take his devotion to idolatry. That's what they wanted to get out of him. That's what they wanted to get out of him. And so, how did they do that? How did they do that? They, they created Yaakov and Rachel, even though Yaakov keeps insisting that he doesn't know what happened, but they created this confrontation between Lavan and HaKadosh Baruch. In other words, because Lavan ran after them, because he came looking for them, and why did he come looking for them? Because his heart was affected. He was on. He, he was in a state of, of confusion. He recognized the fact that losing the mean meant that he didn't have control, that he wasn't in charge. And that was something that he could not abide by. And so Lavan came running after Yaakov and Rachel and the Trophim. And running after that, he met up with HaKadosh Baruch. And HaKadosh Baruch says to, uh, to Lavan, HaKadosh Baruch says to him, don't talk to Yaakov Avinu, me told the Adra. What does told Adra mean? Tova Adram is the, is the essential Bechira Chofshit. It's the essential free will option that you have if you are an Oved Hashem, as the Rambam says, and you keep the Torah. You keep the Torah, that means you can distinguish Tov from Ra. So that HaKadosh Baruch is saying to Lovon that you have nothing to offer Yaakov. Yaakov is in a better place. He's in a place where he understands Torah better than you could ever explain it to him. So that the confrontation between HaKadosh Baruch and Lavan was about his heart, about the heart of Lavan. And it goes in order with this theme that Chazal had, that the children, the children affect the parents. That even though Lavan was Lavan, nevertheless Rachel, his daughter, who had been with Yaakov for 14 years, that she was able, or thought she would be able, to affect her father and the way he thought about things, and especially of his own. And the end of the story is 
that whatever Lavan was looking for, he was not able to find. He couldn't find it because the Rachel wouldn't get up and he was, he was under her skirts or something and he wouldn't get up and he couldn't find, he couldn't find so that the story of Yaakov running away, the Gimevat Halev, is about an attempt, is what I, I think, to reconstitute Lavan, to make him into a non-idolater, but not because they stole the Trafim. The Trafim were just an excuse for Lavan to run after them. Once Lavan ran after them, he had this confrontation with the Kodesh Bokhu, which explained to him that in the area of Tovarah, Yaakov Avinu was far superior to anything that Lavan, uh, that, uh, Lavan could offer. So that uh, this idea of Ginevat Leif has to do with Avo and Yira. Lavan saying, you took away my option, my opportunity for Avo the Yira. And then HaKadosh Baruch gives it back to him without the trust him, even though he doesn't understand. This idea of Ginevat Leif this idea of Dinei Vatlev is further discussed in the Tanakh in the context of Avshalom. Avshalom not only wanted, did not only want to deny uh, uh, succession, like David Amalek and, and whoever is supposed to find him, follow him, but he actually denied the promise that a Kodesh Bokhov made to David Amalek that he would be the king. And that as the king, his son would become the king and not Absalom. So that Ginevat Leiv means that, that Absalom wanted to change somehow the relationship to the word of God. That was Absalom. So we have this, this idea. We have this idea with Yaakov Avinu. We have this idea with Absalom. But in the Halakha, the Halakha doesn't really recognize this kind of religious, uh, this kind of religious change. The halakha only recognizes Gnei Dat, something that's more intellectual, that can be understood, and we understood. Now this is, uh, uh, it's like uh, the Pasuk, the Pasuk says in Amar, the Pnei Seivat HaKum, Vadaita Pnei Zaken, Viareta Meilokecho Ani Hashem. The Pnei Seivat HaKum means, you should get up an old person. Someone is an old person. And that passage ends, Yareta Melokecha Ani Hashem. What is Yareta Melokecha Ani Hashem? It's always Yareta Melokecha Ani Hashem. But the passage means that you don't always know if a person, you don't always a person is doing, let's say somebody doesn't get up in a bus. You know what a bus is? Everybody know what a bus is? You don't get up in the bus. Somebody doesn't get up in the bus. You don't know. Is that person uh, kind of ignoring his responsibility to get up? Or is he really learning Mishnaya so seriously that he doesn't see who's standing there? Right? Who knows? Nobody knows. They know in heaven. They know in heaven whether you're being sincere or you're not being sincere. That's called Gnevat Leif. That's not called Gnevat Das. 
you could trace it. I could find out whether you're going to Hadat, but I could never find out if you're going to The only time that you're going to is when the Torah says that you're going to So it seems to me, it seems to me that, uh, that Yaakov and Rachel, that Yaakov and Rachel, together or separately, wanted to change the nature of Lavan, wanted to make him a more reasonable father-in-law for Yaakov Avinu, because uh, otherwise uh, it wouldn't have looked good you know, for the Shidduch, for their children. I mean, how would they get married? They all said the father-in-law is Lavan. So now we go back to the question that we had in the beginning. Do you remember the question we had in the beginning? We had a question. We had a question to begin. The question is about the Ungulus the translation. The Ungulus translation. Ungulus, Ungulus says that the word ganaf, the Hebrew word ganaf, is translatable by the Aramaic word ganaf. That's Ungulus's position. But here, for some reason, Ungulus does not translate ganaf. He says, she took it. She didn't steal it. Because stealing is something that you do for your personal aggrandizement. I steal a dollar, so it's because I want to have another dollar. But if I take something and I don't want it, I'm not taking it because I want it. I'm taking it for some other reason. I'm taking it so that he shouldn't have it. Right, God? You understand? So that Uncle was translated and she took it because he wanted to emphasize the fact that she had no interest in the trapping personally. You know, you could ask Kasha because after the, after the story of Shem, which is coming up, you know, Shem, Chamor, Tamar, 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 Shem, Chamor, Dina, the Shimon and Levi, remember that story? This is a good story. Yaakov Avinu says to all the people, all his entourage, including his wives, get rid of all the idols. And Rashi says, where did they get all these idols from? From Shem, you know, like they, they booted, they had the booty from Shem, which was a bunch of idols. <laughs> but here, Ungulus wants to emphasize the fact that while it's true that she took the, like what you call, technically you call it stealing, because she took something that didn't belong to her and put it, and took it with her when she went, but, but conceptually, he didn't steal it, because she didn't want it. That's like an interesting question. I, don't, I told you once that if somebody gives you a present and you can't use it for anything, like somebody gives you a book written in Chinese, Assuming that you don't read Chinese, did you get anything? I could say you got a paperweight. You know, you could put it on the desk. But did you get anything? I mean, did you get what the person gave you? Did you get what the person gave you? So this is what the Maharal says always about Torah. That when Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Bnei Yisrael, Bnei Yisrael had to be ready to accept it. They had to be prepared. They had to be on a level which made accepting the Torah possible. Otherwise, they wouldn't be given, they wouldn't be accepted, there wouldn't be anything. The same thing is, it's true 
according to Uncleus, about the trusting. It's true she stole them, but she didn't really steal them because she only did it for self-aggrandizement. Now, it's also true, it's also that in Lombus, I mean, I just want you to know that there's such a thing in the in yeshiva lingo, they would say it this way. So it's the, 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 uh, the Gemara and Sukkot, the Gemara and Sukkot says that you can't use a lulav shel asherah, a lulav, Shel Asherah, a lulav that was used in the context of Avodah Zorah. Right? You got it cheap. Right? Somebody bought this lulav very cheap, but it was once used for Avodah Zorah. So the Gemara says you can't use it for the mitzvah. Why can't you use it for the mitzvah? So the Gemara has a very strange explanation. The Gemara says, Ketute Mechtet that a, a lulav has to have a shear, has to be a certain length, a certain height, right? Whatever it is, 30 centimeters, lulav. A lulav shel ashera, madino, what's supposed to happen to the lulav of ashera? You have to burn it. Everything that's used for the Zohar has to be destroyed, has to be burnt. So if you think about this lulav, that you have you holding in your hand as a lulav that has to be burnt, then you could say, well, what's the difference if you burned it already? You didn't burn it. It's like it says, no, it's burnt. And if it says, no, it's burnt, it doesn't have a shear. That's what the, that's what the Gemara says. So we can apply that idea also to Rachel and to Ungulus, that according to Ungulus, she took the lulav, but she couldn't steal it. Why couldn't she steal it? Because the only thing you could do, uh, trafim, I'm sorry, the only thing you could do with the trafim is to destroy them. That's the only thing you could do. So the only thing you could do with the trafim is to destroy them. Do you have them? Okay. You could say no, right? We could say no. Even though I know that, it's like a little weird. But we'll say no, that you don't have it. And therefore, in this case, even though the Torah says that she stole them, Ongula says that she took them. Because Unculus wants to point out the fact that her stealing the trafim is different than what we usually refer to as stealing. Stealing usually means it belongs to me. I can use it. It's mine. Whereas if something comes to a lot like the trafim of Lavan, it really doesn't belong to me. So that this is all about the Nevat HaLev. And the Nevat HaLev is not about the trafim. It's about the heart of Lavan. It was an exercise in teaching Lavan that there is Yirat Shamayim and Havat Hashem in the world, and that's what he learned because he chased after Yaakov Avinu. And so Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu purposely must have made this possible, knowing that he could have got faster, he could have got further, but he ended up in the Gilad Mountains, which was still a place that Lavan could get to. So that the notion of Gnevat Leib, in my opinion, and I know this is like a little bit of a Yuharo to say, but my opinion is that Gnevat Leib became Gnevat Hadat. Because Gnevat Leib only exists when the Torah or the Nevi'im tell you that it's Gnevat Leib. There's no other way to know it. Whereas Gnevat Hadat, 
20 years ago, no one says anything. It is a baby, but the people uh, think that it won't work out, you know, like marriage is the great um, solver of problems. That's why I think people, I mean, if you get married, everything will be all right. Oh, my God, yes. Thank you. All the best. I have this also. <laughs>